Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna shift gears now, and we're gonna launch into a brand new series today. We're gonna launch into a series called "I Am." Um, th- this series is uh, based upon the sayings of Jesus throughout the Gospels when he kept making claims to divinity. Um, if you know the story of the burning bush, when Moses uh, was at the burning bush and, and, and Moses said, who should I tell the Israelites uh, sent me? Who should I say the name of God is? And God said, just tell them I am sent you. And then throughout the New Testament, Jesus kept using this phrase, I am, I am, I am to, to refer to himself. Um, and we're going to launch this series today with a very special guest. Uh, my dear friend, Will Jones uh, is going to be preaching to us today. Will, some of you may know him. Will and his wife Jennifer actually attended here um, for about six months as you were transitioning back to um, Minneapolis, or, or maybe even a year. Um, uh, Will is a uh, is the is the head of a ministry called Awakening Ministries International. He goes around and preaches in Africa and Asia and Latin America and throughout Europe. He he preaches all over the world. He is. Uh, he is somebody who is considered to be an evangelist and a missionary. He goes out and he um, and preaches the gospel to people groups that have never uh, never heard the gospel. And so um, he's been traveling all over the world. And so we connected a few months ago, uh, and I said, "Will, would you come and preach at One Family Church?" Um, so would you join me in welcoming my very good friend, Will Jones, to the pulpit today? And, and don't, don't, don't let me forget to introduce also his beautiful daughter on the front row, Viera, is here today. How old is Viera? Seven months. Seven months. Yeah. Um, so Viera is here and his beautiful wife, Jennifer. Love Come you. on. Thank I love you. Man, I am super thrilled. Starbucks elated, double shot espresso excited uh, for this, this opportunity. I'm going to brag on Pastor Brent just a moment, friends, because uh, I, I remember when, when this was kind of in its infancy stages, and uh, I was here this last night, and we were having dinner, and uh, man, I was just rejoicing with Pastor Brent and Rebecca over what God has been doing through one family church. Now, the extension of multiple locations, shout out to the Shaw campus, and online audience and man it's just amazing to see how God can use your yes to transform his kingdom and so I'm super excited you guys have class leaders and pastor Brent and Rebecca Rome come on can you just join me in giving them a hand man we love you guys we really appreciate you and and, and he's been a special person in my life, friends. He was, it still is an, an accountability partner to me. How many of you know the devil is real? Yeah. And uh, I, we all are tempted and have temptation. And he has been a great just friend and accountability partner to me personally. And so I'm just super, super great for this opportunity to share the word of God with you today. And man, if you have your Bibles, come on, if you have your Bibles, just wave it in the air like you just do care. How many of you old Bible carriers out there? Awesome. Some of you, you don't have one. That's awesome. You may have what we call a Bible that has the ability to glow. Come on, lift up that phone. 
I hope you charged it today. I hope you charged it. We're going to jump into the word and we're starting this I Am series. And friends, I want to tell you this is going to be an awesome series. So I encourage you to get your friends here. I encourage you to tell your mama, your daddy, your uncle Pookie, your cousin, anybody you know to get here to one family during this series because it is going to be revelatory, meaning God is wanting to show himself to us and how we ought to be as people, his creation. And so I'm excited to share today on the I am statement of the light of the world. And uh, we're going to be reading from John chapter 8, verse 12. And then we're going to go into one of the gospels called Matthew and read from verse 14 through 16. But we're going to start in John 8, 12. And it says this again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever, oh, I love that. Whoever, whoever, just catch that for a moment. Whoever, drug dealer, Monday swindler, Monday swindler, uh, prostitute, ex-pimp, whatever you are, whoever you are, wherever you came from, it says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then Jesus says something else very important in this book called Matthew. It's one of the Gospels. It's the first one actually in the New Testament. And he's talking to a group of followers about something called the be attitudes, meaning how we're supposed to be as followers of Jesus. And he says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and gives and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want to preach today for about two hours, sixteen minutes, and thirty-nine seconds. <laughs> I want to just preach on this simple thought. Turn on your light. Turn on your light. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for the word of God. Lord, be with us today. As some are here, they're exploring the journey of who you are and trying to find the truth of who you are. Lord, be with us today. As some have committed to follow you, Lord, and we're on a journey, Lord, to become more like you. Be with us today and transform us through the power of your word. It's in Jesus' name that we do ask and pray. Amen and amen. So, so friends, the big thought that I have for you today is this. It's this. Jesus is the light of life, and he wants to shine through you to reach those in darkness. Let me say that again. Jesus is the light of life, and he wants to shine through you to reach those that are in darkness. Now, we're going to unpack this darkness light theme a little bit, these these words, because they have meaning as to what we're going to read as how Jesus spoke in the scripture. But I want to let you know that Jesus is wanting to shine his light through your life so that you can reach others who are in darkness. And I remember as a kid, I was afraid of the dark. Anybody with me today? Come on. Some of us are adult kids and we're still afraid of the dark. You could be real with me. And I remember when I was grown up, I was an adult, I was leading the ministry and and my first office was actually here in St. Louis. My wife and I, we used to be here for about four years. We live right off 64 in Hampton, right over there by the zoo. And my first office was 
an office in a funeral home here in St. Louis. I won't mention it because my friend might be here. But uh, he said, Will, man, we got a bunch of space and uh, you and your team, you guys can come here in office. And I mean, if you know that free is always better than anything. And so he blessed us in his generosity and said, you can come and office here. And I said, where are you going to put us? And he said, upstairs. I said, where is the morgue? He said, upstairs. I said, oh, Lord, help me. And uh, our office was right down the hall from the morgue, and next to it, we had this big room that we kind of made this prayer room. And this is where we would just go and talk to God about things that we were expecting him to do through the ministry that I was leading and through our lives. And, and, and it was a great atmosphere, and sometimes we would work late. And it was funny because to get in the office, we had to pass through the chapel, which sometimes there would be someone's remains that was there being prepared for service. And some of our interns would always be nervous. And so I would scare them at times just to leave the, dark, the lights off. But one time they got me back. And I was upstairs working and I said, hey guys, just lock the door behind you down below. And uh, they powered off the lights. And at that time I was new in the building and I didn't know where the lights were because it was kind of an older building and they were stored somewhere else with the other electrical components. And they powered off the lights. And how many of you know when you get when it gets dark, you get a little bit uncomfortable, right? You get a little bit weary and, and delusional. And uh, it was the reality of it was I knew where stuff was, but I just couldn't see it. And in the moment, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh!" I remember the movie of the Walking Zombie. Somebody's gonna get up. <laughs> from the back and I'm, I'm just afraid and I'm starting to feel this fear and this anxiety and I'll begin to get uncomfortable because I got to go downstairs several flights and I don't know where the light switch is and I kind of get out my cell phone and I begin to shine the light in some places but to be honest I begin to get a little bit hysterical I begin to exaggerate of some things that really wasn't even there. I began to get a little delusional, meaning I couldn't see what the reality of things, what they really were. And friends, this is so interesting because in that moment of darkness, I think we all can relate to it. Sometimes when we have dark places or dark seasons in our life, we begin to exaggerate of what's not really there, even though we know it's something there that's truth. We begin to believe something that's other than truth. Sometimes we begin to be fearful because of the surroundings that we're in that we can't see or maybe even can't see enough to we can't feel to find our comfort place. And darkness is, it's a scary thing. It simply means just the absence of light. And the reality of it is, friends, is we have a dark world. We live in a dark world. If you think about it, there's a dis disintegration of society. There's a disintegration of family. The, the, the construct of family of how God has designed family from the beginning. There's this disintegration of the economy. We see the economy falling apart. We're in, we're in, we're, we're in an inflation right now. Wars going on all around. This, we, we see this disintegration of education in the education system. We see a disintegration in the governmental system. We see this disintegration in the religiosity of our country. We see the world literally falling apart. And it's falling apart simply because there's darkness all around. And so as I was thinking about this today and last night and this week, I was processing what Jesus said in John 8 that really stood out to 
what's happening in the dark world that we live in because of sin. And Jesus says this wonderful I am statement in John 8, 12. He says that I am the light of the world. And I really want you to grasp that because sometimes when we read the Bible or scripture, we can't necessarily understand the historicity and the context of which it was written in. But I want to help you understand that today because he makes this bold statement. But let me set up the setting of where he was at, why he said what he said. You see, it was this feast called the Feast of Tabernacles going on at that particular time in the city of Jerusalem. And it was a place where where many, 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 many people would gather publicly. And this was a time of the year when they would light specific lamps that would literally illuminate the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus was in this temple place, actually, and he was specifically in an area called the Courtyard of Women. And the reason why he was in the Courtyard of Women was because during that time, they would place the offering boxes, which people were to make their own, but the women couldn't go in other parts of the temple, just like the Gentiles had a certain portion of the temple that they couldn't go into. So the Court of the Women was kind of a common place that men and women could go into. And so Jesus is in the midst of this temple where thousands of people were there and he's, he's, he's talking to them about who he is. And it says in history that either it was a place at that time during the feast that the lights were dimming or the lights had not yet really began to be lit. And so when Jesus makes this statement, it's during this spectacular celebration of this feast that involves these torches that lights up the city like the city would have never been lit up throughout a year. It was a wonderful time. And the reason why they were having this feast is because they would remember how God in the Old Testament took them out of Egypt, a dark place, by a fire, a fire, and a fire by night and a cloud by day. And so this was a remembrance of God and his providence and his provision and his guidance for the children of Israel, removing them from Egypt, a place of bondage and darkness, to a place of of the promised land. And so they would have this feast, and it was a celebratory moment where they would see all these lights and people all around Jerusalem could see the Feast of Tabernacles is happening. And so in the midst of this context, friends, we see Jesus makes this declaratory statement. He tells these people that have this understanding of God, he says, I am, which is one thing, because if you would go back to Exodus, God told Moses, I am that I am. And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And this statement caused a lot of tension amongst God-fearers. Because Jesus was making a bold statement that he himself was God's Messiah, the suffering servant that Isaiah 42 speaks about. And so I love what we see here in this scripture, but in order to really understand the magnitude of what Jesus said, we have to dive into the metaphors of light and darkness. Light, we see it, it's coming on me now, light in the, in the Old Testament and even in the New, spoke of God's presence, his saving presence, his guidance, his direction of God saving and leading and guiding and directing. And so there's a lot of metaphors in the Old Testament about light that speaks of who God is and his saving presence. But then you have darkness. 
Dark simply means evil. It's a, it's a common theme throughout scripture which represents this symbol of sin and, and in essence the absence of light which really would mean the absence of God's presence. And so I love what Jesus is unpacking to us because we can see some things that is applicable to our life. And I, this is what I want you to understand today. I want you to see that the world is dark. Jesus makes this statement that he is the light of the world for a reason. If you logically think about this for just a moment and allow your minds to fathom, why would he say he's the light of the world? What's the need for light if there isn't darkness? And so Jesus makes this statement saying, I'm the light of the world. But before we can even understand the gravity of him being the light, we have to understand the magnitude that there is darkness in the world. This is why he said in verse 12b, really, he said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You see, he's letting us know, even in this text thousands of years ago, that, that those who don't follow Jesus actually are walking in darkness, meaning you have no guidance for your life, meaning you have no direction for your life, meaning you have no purpose on the destination of which you think or intend that you're going. Because he is the creator of all things. All things was made through him, for him, by him. Nothing was made without him. And so if we are walking in darkness, we are walking without purpose, without intentionality, without direction, without guidance. And Jesus says to the people, whoever follows me, you won't walk in darkness. Why? Because he tells us in the preceding earlier verse of that, I am the light of the world. And friends, I want us to understand the significance of Scripture. Even if we just think about Genesis, the beginning of the book, the Word of God, Genesis chapter 1. Listen to just what it says. I just want you to listen to it really quickly. Verse 2 and 3, it says this, The earth was without form and void and darkness, was over the face of the deep. And then God did something. He spoke. And he said something so significant to the foundation of the world. He said, and let there be light. And as he spoke, light came into existence. And it says later, he divided the light from the darkness, the day from the night. Friends, it's amazing to see what God did here because as we look at scripture over the montage of it, we see that Jesus is the light of the world. But not only is he the light of the world, he's the word of God. And the word of God was made flesh. He was with God. He was with God in the beginning. And the Psalms tells us that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We see Jesus and God all in the mix here, helping us to understand that there's a dark world and he's living on mission in order to penetrate the darkness. And you're going to hear that in just a moment. But I love it because Genesis gives us the foundation of our world. It says that it was formless. It was void. Formless means there's no structure. Dark, uh, void means it's empty. It's vacant. Nothing's there. Darkness simply means the, the absence of light, and it shows us that darkness is only present when there is an absence of light. You missed that one. 
Friends, I want to help you understand that this world is dark, but I love what Jesus is doing here because he's helping us to get ready to see who he is and the truth of who he is and not just a man or a myth or a legend, but truly the son of God, the light of the world that brings light into darkness. And I want you to see what he says even in John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. John, the writer of this gospel, is speaking of Jesus and he says, the light has come into the world. The people loved darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. I I don't know about you, but I, I love animals. I just got a dog. His name is Luther. He's called a Moyan poodle. That Moyan simply means medium. He's about a little bit knee high, 40 pounds. He will get no bigger than that. And my wife talked me into this fancy bougie term of a hypoallergenic dog, <laughs> meaning it doesn't shed. And so I, I, my dog Luther, he, he's, he's a great dog. I, I, he's really a gift from the Lord. But it, it's funny how even a dog can hide his wicked deeds. Sometimes I'll leave a sock out laying around and we've trained him and in the dark Luther will chomp chew and spit out my sock. Sometimes he even eats it and I go and find my sock and I just want to baptize him and lay hands on him. But my wife just helps me to understand, Will, he's a dog. And it's interesting when I watch his behavior because every time he's in the dark, if he does something like eat a sock or eat my baby's bib, when I come out as presence, let's say I represent light, he goes like this. Why? Because his deeds have been exposed. It's interesting, friends, what Jesus is saying here and the writer John is saying about Jesus. He says the light, Jesus has come into the world, but people love to be in darkness rather than to come to the light. Friends, I want to let you know this is the world we live in. This is the reason why we have to turn on our lights. This is the reason why we have to live and let our light so shine because this world that we live in is dark and they would rather be in darkness than to come into the light. I love it because Jesus gives us an understanding that the world is dark, but not only that, he gives us hope to understand that Jesus himself gives light to the world. He gives light to the world. Again, he says, I am the light of the world. We look at the veracity of this statement that Jesus is making and what is he saying? Why is he saying it? He uses this moment in this Jewish culture of the Eastern context that that either that time was dim and the lights were going down. And so when the people were partying, drinking, dancing, having fun, they could no longer see anymore. Or before they started to party, dance and have fun, they couldn't really see and things were getting ready to be started. And Jesus, in the middle of this context, makes a statement. I am the light of the world makes a bold claim to basically say, I am God who gives light. I am God who not only gives light, but the light of life. And it's interesting when we look at the systems of the world, even the agricultural system, every plant, everything that's planted always needs what? Light. And so things that are in darkness, yes, they grow, but sometimes they don't grow to do us good. They grow to cause us harm. And I love what Jesus is saying here because he lets us know that I'm the light of the world. I'm the one who offers light, but also life because I give the saving presence of God. 
I give you direction when you don't have it. I give you purpose when you like it. I give you intentionality when you don't think you need it. Jesus is letting us know, friends, that he is the light of the world. And he offers God saving presence to our lives. John, again, the writer that we're reading from today, he he makes another statement. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, he writes in 1 John, John 1, chapter 4, verse 4, he writes this about Jesus. He says, the eternal life is in him. And this life gives light to all mankind. I want to read that again. Eternal life is in him being Jesus. And this life gives eternal life gives light to all mankind. Friends, I want us to understand what Jesus is saying there. He's saying in the midst of a dark world, there's going to be things that you do, that you walk in, that, you, that, you, that are dark, that are evil, that are of devil, that are of Satan, that, are, that is suppressive, that is possessive. He's, he's letting us know, friends, that this darkness that the world ha- is functioning in, he himself is the light. And John says something so key here in the next verse. I'm going to wait to tell you what he says. But I want you to see that Jesus, the light, is, is basically this active power that dispels darkness. Light is this active power that dispels darkness. And Jesus is saying, I am that light. I am that light that will dispel darkness. He's saying, Jesus is saying, I am that light of truth that dispels the darkness of falsehood. He's saying, I I am the light of wisdom that dispels the darkness of ignorance. He said, I am the light of holiness that dispels the darkness of impurity. He said, I I am the light of joy that dispels the darkness of sorrow. He's letting us know, Jesus Christ, I am the life, the light of life that dispels the darkness of death. Jesus is giving us hope, eternal hope, and an understanding that darkness cannot, cannot, cannot exist because he's came into the world now. And so, friends, this is a wonderful hope that we have as followers of Jesus and those that are looking to follow Jesus, that there is no darkness that Jesus can't comprehend. There is no darkness that will extinguish him as the light. He is the light of the world, and I want you to know that today. And so why is this so important? for us because it deals right into the gospel the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ it's it's, it's his whole purpose in coming is that God God sent his son Jesus Christ to die to come in the form of himself a perfect man yet God fully man and yet God he who knew no sin became sin that we may become the righteousness of God meaning that we may become in good standing it was God who sent Jesus on a mission why did he send them because of our sin our sin that has led to darkness in the world evil and wicked deeds and we see this happening everywhere around us and our sin is the very sin that separates us from God a holy loving and perfect but also just God and our sin separates us from him which means that we're separated from a relationship and fellowship with him and he is our creator and anything that creates something or anyone that creates something never wants what they created to be destroyed 
And so God himself is, is, is perplexed in the beginning, not really perplexed because he's God, but there's this tension in the beginning of history because God sees that man has sinned and that sin has separated us from fellowship and relationship with him. And so he feels, fulfills this payment, this payment for our sin. And that's what I love about the gospel because we see God, he's caring about our sin, but he has to do a payment transaction for our sin. A, a spiritual word, we would call it atonement, meaning we paid the price of something that we couldn't pay. And so that's the beauty of Jesus because he pays a price that we can never pay. He died a death that we actually should have died and he rose from the grace three days later. And that's the beauty of Jesus' life because he is the light of the world. And so he came to penetrate the darkness of the world and to pay our penalty for sin against God. And as a result of that, he gives us eternal life with him. This is why he says eternal life is in him. And so I want you to know this is so important because it, it really frameworks the gospel, but what does that mean for you and I? What does that mean for your life? What does that mean for my life? I'll tell you what it means. We must shine his light to the world. We must shine his light to the world. This is why I love Matthew here. This is why I love Matthew 5, verse 14. Listen to what it says. You are, not you will be. He says you are. You may think you're not good enough. You may think you're, you, you've done some things that you don't deserve his grace and his mercy. But he says, no, 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 no. I want you to understand that you are. When I come into your life, you now are. You're not just going to be, but you now are. And you're an are being, be, be, being conformed into the being. You're an are being conformed into who you will be. That's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't pick us based on what we've done. He picked us based on who we are. He picks us based on who we will become. That's the grace and the love of Jesus. And I love this because, friends, he lets us know you are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that is in the house. And this is the great word of what Jesus says. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they, that's a result there, as you let your light shine, there's a result that so that as you do this, then this should happen. So that they may see your good works. Guess what? You don't do work, good works because you're good. You do good works because he's good and you live in him. He says, so that may see your good works and give glory to your fathers in heaven. This is what that means. As you live your life for Jesus, as you share and show the love of Jesus, that people that are in darkness will begin to be attracted to the light that's in you because the light that's in you is not really your light. It's his light. And as he shines his light through you, friends, I promise you, people will turn from darkness. People will want to be attracted to who you are because they see that your life has purpose. They see that your life has intentionality. They see that your life has direction. And when we shine the light of Jesus, and he lives this life through us, people turn from darkness into the marvelous light of knowing Jesus. I want to close with this. I want to invite David here to share the keys with me. Jesus, the light of the world. John, the latter end of that verse, chapter 1, verse 5, as I was going to read it to you just a moment ago, 
talks about eternal life is in him and this life gives light to all mankind. This is what the latter of that verse he says, that verse says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Another translation would say this, his life is the light that shines through the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is, this is what it's saying about Jesus, the light of the world. Yet the, the world is dark. We see Jesus gives light to the world. And now what does that mean for you and I? What are our implications that we ought to shine his light through our lives so that our lives with the light of Jesus can touch the world? And friends, I want to let you know that there is a prince of darkness. His name is Satan. He is real. He's roaring. He's prowling like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the prince of darkness, Satan, and guess what? He's been trying to extinguish some of your lights. You see, light is the very absence of, uh, uh, is the very presence of, uh, the, let me say it this way, darkness is the absence of light. But where there's light, there can be no darkness. And what, what, what the enemy tries to do is he tries to extinguish your light. He's trying to cover your light with worry and fear and doubt and depression and anxiety and all these things of the world. He's trying to extinguish your light. Why? Because he knows that when Jesus, the light of life, is shining through you, all those that are in darkness around you will begin to see and his evil deeds will be exposed. Don't let him extinguish your light. Today I came to give the devil notice for your life that you are the light of the world that you are going to be a part of this city on the hill that you have the light of Jesus in you why because he said greater is he in you than he that is in the world friends when we have Jesus light Jesus is Christ life in us friends we can be a light to the world you can be a light in your community you can be a light in your school you can be a light in your university you can be a light on your job you can be a light in your family I want to let you know today that the devil has no power over your life God has came to be light in you and to give you life so there is nothing that can extinguish his life I want to let you know that today my friends as I close this thought you see some of you where you're sitting right now it actually looks a little dark doesn't it that's what I like about movie theaters come on that was where one of my first dates was come on somebody BC days BC days before Christ but 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 I, but I want you to I want, I want you to just see this really quickly see this lamp here it's, it's, it's purposeless right now it looks good but it's not functioning to its full purpose it's not functioning to the reality of which it was made That's some of our lives right now. Even this lamp around the darkness that we see, there's darkness in this place, this circumference of the circle. There's darkness right now. But the moment I put this lamp on, the photons 
that was still around, that, that was that's within this light, and yet darkness was there. This light, all the photons that was in this light, just began to bounce off this. And now this is lit. And even if I take this off, this would illuminate even more. Friends, I, I love this because I want to help you to do that. I need you to turn on your light. I need you to get out of yourself as a follower of Jesus. Those of you, listen, friends, I want to help you understand that God wants to live and work through your life, and he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think if you were to trust him with your life some of you are walking in darkness but Jesus is saying come to me follow me my promise is to you that if you follow me you won't walk in darkness but you'll have the light of life which is eternal life and so I want to invite you to stand with me just for a moment I want to invite you to just stand with me just for a moment you're able just stand with me for a moment and I always love to give people an invitation and, and this is what I mean by that you heard me talk about Jesus and the light of the world the one who gives eternal life and friends we're eternal beings body soul and spirit but there are some of you here or maybe you're even watching online and I want to give you an opportunity today maybe you've been journeying with Jesus you've been processing him and today you've moved a little closer to saying, you know what I don't have it all figured out but I heard about Jesus and I am in a dark place in my life. And if he's really the light of the world, I, I want to put my trust in him today. Again, you don't have to know all the answers. None of us do. But if you can have enough faith to trust in Jesus, that who he was, that he was the God man that was sent to earth to die on the cross for your sins and rose from the grave so that you can have eternal life with God. Friends, I promise you, the light of life will begin to enter your life today. And so if you're here and you say, man, Will, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to commit to follow Jesus. Maybe you're online and you need to write it out. You need to type it in the emoji or chat and say, hey, that's me. I want you to do that today. But if you're here and you would say, man, Will, I don't know Jesus. I haven't followed him. But today I heard about him and I'm willing to put my trust in him that he is the light of the world. And that he'll remove the darkness from my life as I commit to follow him. And so would you just pray with me for a moment and if you would say will I want you to include me in that prayer to follow Jesus would you just lift your hand right now say will thank you thank you thank you thank you I see your hand thank you thank you amen amen thank you for your hands Say, well I want you to include me in that prayer to follow Jesus I'll do that let's just pray these prayers dear Lord Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for my sins for rising from the dead and giving me eternal hope. Today I commit my life to follow you. And I turn away from darkness. And I ask Jesus that you, the light of life, would give me your eternal life that you have promised to me. I commit to follow you today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Come on, family, can you just give it up for those who made the decision to follow Jesus? Hey, before I end here, I, I want to I share something with you really quick as Pastor Brent gets ready to come back. For those of you that have said, man, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. Friends, we live in a dark world. The world needs your light. The world needs your intellectualism. 
The world needs your brilliance. If, if it could be centered around who God is and your life can be fully dependent and complete in Him. The world needs your passions. It needs your, your giftings, your talents, your skills. It needs them. My encouragement to you today, friends, at One Families, remember that the light of Jesus in you can never be extinguished. It's only you who can choose to allow it to not be turned on. Allow Jesus to live his life through you. And I promise you, you'll never, ever, ever regret it. It won't be all peaches and cream. That I can promise you. But he does give us this promise that he'll be with us. Always. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And he promises to be with us. And so I want to give you this exhortation as I sit down and make my way to my seat. Turn on your light. Let the life of Jesus expose the darkness in the world around you. God bless you. Amen. Can we just hear it one more time for Will Jones? Thank you, my brother, for bringing that message. I love how Jesus went from I am to you are. He said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world. What that means is when Jesus says, I am comfort, that means you are comfort for somebody. When he says, I am peace, that means you are peace. If you're in him, you bring peace. If he says, I am joy, that means if you're in him, you are joy. And he said he's the light of the world. Not just the light of the church, he's the light of the world, right? So the light goes into the darkness. The darkness doesn't come into the light. We go into the world and we spread the light of Jesus. I'm not going to preach your sermon again, Brother Will, but that was awesome, man. My goodness. Um, I want to invite you, uh, as we get ready to close, um, to worship in a few different ways. If you're a guest or a visitor uh, and you would like um, to be connected with us in, in any way, take a moment, fill out that connection card that's in the, uh, the slot, the chair in front of you. Um, we'd love to send you uh, a free resource called Right, right Now Media. It is about 20,000 video-based Bible studies. And we'd love for you to have those for free. We pay for them. Actually, you pay for them. The church pays for them. Um, but we'd love to give them to any of our guests or visitors uh, for free. So take a moment, fill that out, and we'll send you an email with your link and your subscription. Uh, you will not get spammed by us. We have a hassle-free guarantee. We'll just give you uh, relevant information from time to time. Um, I want to invite you, if this is your church home, to participate in the expansion of the ministry through your giving, through your generosity. This is such an incredibly generous church, uh, and it is making a huge impact, um, not only here in St. Louis, but around the world. Your generosity is reaching people all over the planet right now. Um, and so I want to thank you for that. If this is your church home, you can sign up to give and to be a part of expanding uh, God's mission. And I also just want to say, if you need prayer, uh, or if you want to take a moment and take communion, you can do that in our prayer room out um, to the left as you head out the side, uh, out, out, the, out the back of the auditorium. There's a prayer room on your left. You can take, uh, take time to go there. Let's just close today by opening our hearts, opening our mouths, opening our lives, and worshiping God one more time with our worship team. Amen. Let's sing.